With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the May 18th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is George and Eric. We are going to talk some really fun stuff to talk about, actually, because the schedule now released means we know who has easy, who has a hard schedule, what do rest differentials look like, and now we can run the PFF simulation in a much more meaningful way with all of the intricacies of the NFL schedule. So we're going to look at win totals um, and uh, how our simulation likes them now that we have all that information. I also promised people that I would talk about the many airplane pillows that I used uh, traveling across the Atlantic. I will give my full rundown of how those went um, next on the forecast. Let's rock. looking strong oh, oh. swing speed is is up oh. you have any bets down yet i do I, uh scotty uh scotty scheffler yeah, yeah I, that's my 12 to 1 okay i know circa opened it at plus 1150 so i'm sharp mm-hmm. uh getting mm-hmm. it at 12 to 1 um but no other than that it's been all wnba got the aces behind at halftime got to bet them second half they won by like 20 that was a great bet uh, that game stayed under, even though it had 50-point first quarter. Blah, blah, blah. USFL this week as well. Uh, you know, Are you just, going back in? I'm going back in. I, I have to. I, look, the season's only like halfway over. Yeah. I think it's mostly variance. I'm getting good cleave on a lot of – I got a point and a half of cleave on this one game already. So it's bound to lose. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, and I will watch the end. If Scotty's in it, I will watch the end. Our guy Brad Kondo was uh, – Big, on. very big on Scotty Scheffler, and it's interesting because I think everyone just forgets about all of the tournaments that happen between the Masters and the next major because the Masters is such a big crescendo. Obviously, Scheffler dominated there. I am kind of out on Scheffler because of the vest situation in oh. round three in the Masters. I just thought that was the weakest thing. This is analytics. This is what this is. Um, but he has been playing tremendously well even past the Masters. So one thing to note is. So the favorite in the Masters was John Rahm at 8-1. to one. Generally, you see the favorite in golf. Now, if I'm wrong here, please do not kill me. But from my experience, the favorite is usually single digits, right? You know, 7-1, to 8-1, to one, and those are ridiculous odds. Yeah. To get Scheffler, who I think is 100% playing better than anybody else, you know, just he's just not a household name. <clears throat> but to get him at 12-1, to one, I actually do think is, is a value, even though I hate betting oh. – the, the favorites there. I like Xander that, as well. That's what we call being sharp. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, interesting question actually because we're going to talk. I, I want to address this because we we Uh-oh. I want to I want to engage the the listeners who are are watching us live. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, obviously, you don't have to watch live uh, because but you know, should. People, people have jobs. And things you can't like that. you can't hear me say the c word on air live. Uh, uh, Matt Reinkin, any chance y'all could talk about why the Steelers last few years outperformed the grades? I like this question because it highlights a it highlights something that I think we get flamed for way more than we should. The Pittsburgh Steelers have not only outperformed their grades the last two years; they've outperformed their point. Like we get we get talked about as like you know we're the only ones that are analytics like i remember uh in the you know when i did this the podcast with sam somebody's like oh for i I talked about the ngs work we did and how derrick henry caused people to do you know bite more on play action and all this stuff and somebody's like oh pff for years said that you know play action and the run game weren't correlated and i'm like well actually that was an article in football outsiders which is our competitor like i know that we get like we get bunched up into all these things right 
And 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 yeah, we don't we have not liked the Steelers last two years. But like reality also hasn't liked the Steelers mm-hmm. last two years. In 2020, the Steelers outscored their opponents by six and a half points, which is really good. But that's not that's not commensurate with the 12 and four record. They were, mm-hmm. you know, if you looked at you know Pro Football Reference expected win loss, it was 10.6, 5.4. So they outperformed that by 1.4 points. So that has nothing to do with PFF grades. That just has to do with like they outperformed. And you look at their you look at their wins. They had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven one point mm-hmm. one score wins. Right? Okay. So that you know one score wins you know tend to regress year to year. Last year the Steelers 2021 were outscored by their opponents by 55 points, which is commensurate with a record of 7-10. and 10. So they went 9-7-1, and one, but were a 7-10 and 10 team just based on points for and points against. Mm-hmm. So they're outperforming their points for and points against. And when you look at that, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 one-score wins out of their 9, right? In fact, and then they had a tie, which so their, their tie was also a one-score game, clearly. So the Steelers, I mean, the, the, the answer is, is just, I mean, it's almost pure luck, right? Like it's almost, and, and you can add well, in Mike Tomlin, you can add in whatever you want, but ultimately, um, ultimately there's, you know, there's some fortune there that shines on, t- on some teams some years, and that fortune can extend. You look at the Raiders, the Raiders had a 7-10 and 10 record if you just look at point differential. The year before that, they had like a, a five-win team point differential or two years prior to that. Like this thing, like there are just teams that get lucky for a couple years in a row. And then, and then conversely, there are teams that don't. And, and, the, and you know, uh, and it's hard for people to swallow. But the 4-12 and 12 Falcons that got Thomas Dimitrov and, and, uh, and um, Dan Quinn fired – we're a better team than the seven and ten team that right. that, that, that uh, last year. So well, I, I it's just hard. The the luck thing that you bring up is is I think so to get really specific. Like when you think about how PFF grades are done and where luck can happen in your favor but won't show up in a grade. I think the Steelers are a perfect example of this because they have had was it two years ago they had the the most turnovers in the league. Mm-hmm. Turnovers are fluky. Mm-hmm. They are. That doesn't mean that a team that has a lot of turn gets a lot of turnovers isn't playing well. That's not what that means. But it simply means that you can have a team that is playing really well that gets a lot of turnover opportunities but doesn't capitalize on them for right. whatever reason. Right. The the Steelers have capitalized on them. Do you want to imbue that credit to Mike Tomlin? Go ahead. I, I'm fine with that. You know, I don't I wouldn't do that because I think it's actually luck and math backs that up and because of how inconsistent turnovers, interceptions, fumble recoveries, those things are from year to year. But when we grade players, we are grading the process. So whether some whether a player actually, you know, um, converts the turnover could be because of luck or not, we're mm-hmm. not going to grade them differently based on which way the luck goes. And so, you know, if you have a if you have a quarterback that throws a terrible pass and it goes right to, you know, your um your safety or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the, bad, the bad grade there goes to the quarterback, right? right? This wasn't like you'd made some amazing play yourself as the safety being there to catch this, this duck. So um, that's a little bit of, I think, why you could look at the grades and you go, oh, you know, there are grades that are super low there. And the big one is, is Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And you can see their record be a little bit better. The other thing that I would bring up, and I think points differential was, was a great way to, um, to, to couch this, but also... Um, their competition. Yes. You know, that division, everyone thinks about, oh, the Bengals, you know, came up and were great last year. But the other two teams took a step back, right? And you had the Ravens, who, you know, were the most injured team in the league. Right. You had the Browns with a broken Baker Mayfield throwing mm-hmm. moon, you know, uh, ducks out of the, the cheesecake yep. factory parking lot. So those those things also um, go into it. Um yeah, I think that's a really good question. The, the the thing is, is like this thing. Look, like I, I think of when I think of turnovers, I think of the Chicago Bears, 2018, the first year with Nagy, Fangio. You know, they give up 4.8 yards per play, which is really good. That's tied for first in the league. They forced a turnover on 19.9 percent 
uh, of drives, right? Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens that year also gave up 4.8 yards per play. They forced a turnover on 9.5% of their drives. So the, the Bears, 12-4. and four, The Ravens that year, I believe, they ended up 10-6 and six with Lamar Jackson taking over midseason. And you're like, okay, but the Bears were the flashiest of that defense, right? Mm-hmm. They were the flashy defense. And obviously the next year we bet they're under – um, and, you know, they did not get better defensively. You know, in fact, you know, when you look at – I'm trying to, uh, you know, get this filter to work here. You know, the, you end up with the Ravens at 5.2 yards um, uh, per play allowed defensively. The Bears at your 5.1 in 2019. So they got a little bit worse, but the Bears cut their turnover force rate almost in half down to 10.5. The Ravens were up to 14.5. Right, so then the Ravens go fourteen and two. The Bears fall down to eight and eight. You know, it just shows like the fickleness of defense. The the de- defense being your calling card, all that stuff is really subject to random variation. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I I think it's a good question. I you know, and and I think on this, um, you know, that I think on this on this show, you know, people will ask these questions or they'll say, oh, you said this, and it's like. Well, no, like a lot of what we're saying is trying to be a combination of our stuff, which we believe is the best, but we, we obviously supplement it with other things, trying to say what the market is saying, but also just trying to like sort of give you good rules of thumb a, a, as far as, as teams to back and teams to fade. And so when we talk about these win totals coming up, when we talk about these strength of schedules coming up, like those type of things will cloud our judgment. Things that will not or cloud your judgment. judgment. Things that will not do whatever to your judgment. Keep your judgment clear. Uh, is playing best ball fantasy football this summer because that will allow. I deposited already. Yeah, it will sharpen your ability to draft a great season-long team with your buddies later on. And the best place to play fantasy football this summer, it's Underdog Fantasy. The Best Ball Mania tournament has ten million dollars in total prize money. I would be a fan of getting a part of that. Um, and all you have to do is draft a fantasy football team. You don't have to do the start-sit agony every Sunday while your girlfriend or wife or husband is yelling at you to go to the farmer's market and pick up you know, a, an orange juice and a burrito or whatever the hell you want to do on a Sunday. Don't have to worry about that. You can rest and you can sleep in. You can go to the farmer's market. You can come back and watch football and watch your team get you a little chunk of that $10 million with the, the Best Ball Mania Tournament at Underdog Fantasy. Um, plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PFF. So if you play uh, at Underdog, you can deposit 100 bucks. You'll get twice that if you use promo code PFF. And if you play 10 of those dollars using promo code PFF, I know this is a little confusing, but you, you can handle it because you're part of the syndicate. You get a free PFF subscription. This is an incredible deal. You get to double your money with promo code PFF, and you get a free PFF subscription with promo code PFF. This is ridiculous. They're putting it on the screen right now. Um, it's a very easy-to-use app as well. I don't know anyone that, that doesn't use their phone for this stuff at this point. Uh, it's a very easy-to-use app. I've used it myself. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store. Play $10 with code PFF and draft your best ball mania team. Do it right now. Don't be like Eric with his lawn. Go download the app. Play uh, a fantasy football portfolio needs to be curated. Yes, and and taken care of very similar to a lawn. So you know, I think that we do need to have a synergy uh, with with our friends uh, at, at at you know Underdog Fantasy and our friends uh, at the Lawn Care Service. Yes, uh, Lawn Care Service. Um, you know that that that's certainly a thing. A good question here also from the and I, the chat and I and I know again, look at you we're making this a mailbag. Is a mailbag? We're making this a mailbag. Somebody said. Follow-up question is when a team gets lucky like this, does it stagnate a rebuild because they think they're better than they are? It's one of my theories that they, that this is one of the worst things that can happen to a team. Like I think of and what, again, what's the best because I have a great example of this. Yeah, so like one of them from one of them for my money is like I remember when Raheem Morris took over the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2009 mm. from John Gruden. They drafted Josh Freeman in round one. You know, they started him about halfway through the year. They were kind of bad in 09 and then 2010 they got a 10 and 6 season now i think that that 2010 tampa bay team was actually like decently good fundamentally um but at the same time like i'm trying to think like but ultimately like that raises expectations to a level that i don't necessarily think was warranted and then so you know then they don't meet expectations right they hit the ceiling and they come back down Mm -hmm. And and then everybody wants you know to take you know to chop everybody's heads off and in reality it's like no they just like they're 
up, you know, they were on the up and up. Same thing, the 2010 year is another one where, where uh, Scott Pioli, Todd Haley for Kansas City, they go 4-12 and in Todd Haley's first year. They randomly go 10-6. and six. His second year, they beat no playoff teams except for the 7-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks. Then the next year, they're, you know, coming in. They're the uh, AFC West defending champions. They don't, and he gets fired by week freaking 13, 14 yeah. that year, even though it's like, well, you know, the results look different, but like the process possibly could be, um, you know, fine. It's just you artificially raise expectations. I do know that there are smart teams in the league who are who are very honest about the kind of teams they are. I think it's relatively few and far between, though. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is the Chicago Bears with Trubisky. 18, yeah. And, um, God, Bears fans were so mad. The Bears fans, look, the most mad that I've ever had fans be at me, I love them. Look, Jets, you've really tried hard, but it's the Steelers when I said they were the most overrated team in the NFL and they promptly pooped themselves for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. But when we talked about Mitch Trubisky not being good from a data perspective, People went crazy. They lost their minds. Lost it. And, you know, all you have to do is go back and, and look at the data there with that team. But that defense played amazing. And Mitch Trubisky was, it, he was, I think, first or second worst in a percentage of negatively graded throws that year um, or negatively graded plays. Didn't bode well. And obviously they stuck with him and they stuck with that team and all that probably for too long. Um, although, you know, I think to say that any other team wouldn't have done that. Like, I don't know. It's really hard to, you know, to take a team that wins 12 games and not keep rolling with it. But um, should we jump into uh, the schedule stuff? Let, let's do it. So one one thing that's really cool, and um, this is from Tom Bliss, the NFL, is the number of games with different uh, rest differences or advantages or disadvantages. So a couple of ways that you can, you can think about this. Um, you can have a buy disadvantage. You can have a short rest disadvantage, right? You're playing a game on short rest against a team that is fully rested. Um, you can have a buy advantage, or you can have a short rest advantage where you're playing the team that is on short rest. And when you see what sticks out to you about the schedule and how it may have either positively or negatively impacted some teams. Well, and I think like the the further. Uh, you know, Bliss came out with, I think, a really good um, discussion of how much these sort of like little rest differentials matter. They're not nearly as important as who you play. Right. Um, so that's that's important context. But, um, you know, to me, Detroit doesn't play a game. They only play one on Sunday game, and that's on Thanksgiving, their normal game. And they don't play a game outside of the Eastern time zone. Or, sorry, they don't play a game like. I want to say they don't play a game outside of the Eastern or Central time zone the whole year. I could be wrong about that. Don't, but they they also don't play a game after one p.m. Eastern all season. So you think about like a team like that, you're getting great regularity, right? Week mm-hmm. after week, it's the same thing. Um, it's a team with a lot of young players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. As a team with a coach that's trying to build the culture, and like I think that that's a hugely advantageous one for the thing. culture. For, for him. Their win totals at six and a half. Over is minus one twenty. Um, yeah, that's under, gone up. I bet them 100. I've bet them plus four hundred to make the playoffs. Um we make that number and these will be up on PFF.com as as quick as we can. Like we're we're working on some updates and stuff. We have Detroit at seven point four five wins. Uh and a twenty seven percent chance to make the playoffs. So look like we're not betting we don't think that they're better than a coin flip to make the playoffs but at plus 400 folks i'd like that's one divided by four plus one right so that's 20 percent. so we think that that we think that's a seven percent edge there now you're not going to make money you're not going to enjoy yourself or make money long term by betting like two percent edges in the Mm offseason just because of oh you know we've seen inflation like everything is 30 percent more than you know and and the cost of bitcoin and all that like there there's there are um, you know, currency uh, and just, you know, random uh, uncertainties that can affect you. But a 7% edge, I think, is enough to bet Detroit to make the playoffs um, at I've this got, time in a bad NFC. I think a lot of people view the Detroit Lions as being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, there's a lot. The betting, just looking at the implied power rankings based on the, the spreads from Vegas, Detroit is not even a bottom five team. 
if you look at our simulation result, Detroit, not a bottom five team. There's Carolina, Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta, the Jets, the Texans, the Jaguars. I would go, I would put Detroit in the same group as the Steelers, honestly, in terms of now, people are going to get really mad about that. They're, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a huge question mark at quarterback. Steelers are, or Lions are better at quarterback. They're better at offensive line. They're arguably better at wide receiver. Steelers have good wide receivers. They're about the same at running back. Defense, I think the Steelers are better, but they're not getting – Steelers are not getting better defensively. They're, like, hanging on. Guys like Cam Hayward are fantastic, and, and TJ Watt's great. But, like, Detroit has Aiden Hutchinson, the best player in the draft. Uh, they have two corners who are young, and, and, and one guy played well last year. The other guy didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, it's, it's purely a schedule play for me, right? They, sto- they open with three out of four at home. Those opponents are the Eagles, Commanders – they go on the road to face the Vikings, and then they have the Seahawks at home. Like, I, I think even a reasonable Detroit fan, like, who's pessimistic and worn out from all of this, would say that the average expectation there is two and two. Mm-hmm. And then you go, and then the next four are tougher. You go to the Patriots, but the Patriots are not, like, this isn't your, your grand, this isn't your dad's New England Patriots anymore. Then you go to Cowboys, but again, by week six, the Cowboys could be completely melting yeah, down at this Sean point. Sean Payton could be getting a house in Dallas at this point. And then, you know, you have the Dolphins at home. Now, I like Tua in a dome better than I like him out in the elements throwing that throwing that duck. But, like, that's not a sure win. You have Packers at home. And then after that, you got – look. So, like, that that's a tough stretch. But then you go – to the Bears. The Bears are going to be horrid this year. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it's Ryan, – Ryan Poles has gotten an, em, an empty canvas and a quarterback. And, he's, and, and they're saying, look, you've got five years to rebuild this. I don't even think Justin Fields is necessarily Poles' – like that's not his problem. If, if Fields does great, I think that – does great with the circumstance they're giving him, then he's your quarterback. If he doesn't, then you move on. Like I think he's almost in a perfect spot, Poles is. But this year they're going to be wretched. At the Giants, home to Buffalo, that's going to be tough. Jaguars at home, Vikings at home, a team you beat last year, Mm -hmm. and then to the Jets, and then to the Panthers, and then Bears at home. Like, Detroit by then, either your win total... They could go undefeated. Yeah, either your win total ticket's already dead, but if Detroit comes into that stretch of games with three or four wins, they're coming out of it with eight or nine, and and then, I mean, nine wins gets you in the playoffs in the NFC this year, right? Because oh, Tampa Bay, L.A., Green Bay, and then one of these teams like uh, you know Arizona, San Francisco, Minnesota, uh, Dallas, so, Philly is going to win a lot of games, and then so like six and seven seed in that freaking conference is going to be a nine win team. So you're so the Lions right now are plus four hundred. They're four to one to make, make the, the playoffs. playoffs. Do you like that more than betting? over win total right now at minus yeah because it gets you a better payoff i mean the over win total thing to me like if you if the lions i don't think the lions are going to win seven games i mm-hmm. think it's going to be like like last year where they win three or four or they're going to be in playoff contention like i don't and so i'll pay for variance here i'll pay for you know because the the other thing you have with plus 400 is like if you get into this region at the end of the year, then you can start, like look. If you get into this region at the end of the year, think about this. So starting with December eighteenth, like chances, or even December fourth, chances are by then the Detroit Lions are not eliminated, but they are kind of in the hunt. They're going to be favored at home against the Jaguars. If you're really scared about your plus four hundred hitting, bet the Jaguars. Like mm-hmm. a- ATS money line or whatever. Detroit squeaks out a win. You you still keep both bets are still alive. At home to the, the the Vikings, like, I mean, the Lions are only five point underdogs in Minnesota against the Vikings. That game's going to be a pick 'em. Bet the Vikings if you don't if you don't think uh, Detroit's uh, you know really as yeah, strong as they point. should be. Then they go to the Jets. They could be favored in that game. Then they go to the Panthers. The Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. You they hey, might be favored then. The Falcons would like a word. And then they have the Bears at home. The Lions by by Jan one twenty three. Are going to be a touchdown favorite at home against the Bears. We've spent so much time on the line. I mean, it's worth it. Like it's worth getting these. Get but out, I'm with ahead you. Of these. I'm all with you. And uh, look, Dan Campbell. Would he? Would he go eleven and uh, six against the spread last year? Yeah, he was wonderful. So you know that. Like we talked about point differential. Another way to think about you know are you performing or 
yeah. underperforming or outperforming your expectation is how do you play against the spread? Because that's the sharpest expectation, right? The way the market yeah. feels about you at, at kickoff is the best uh, approximation of how good the teams are. The, the Lions lost two more games in 2021 than they did in 2020, but had the same point, exact same point differential of minus 142. And actually, on a per-game basis, a better point differential because they were 17 games right. and 16. They, their expected record was 5-12 five, five and 12 last year, which I, I guess the issue is, is like they, they got crushed by Green Bay. They got crushed by Cincinnati. Um, they got crushed by the Broncos, and they got crushed by Seattle. Every, I mean, so so those games, they're, you're running up the score, and their wins were a two point win against the Vikings. They mm-hmm. crushed Arizona, a playoff team, and then their last win was a seven point win against a Green Bay team that was resting players in the second half of the game. So that one doesn't really count. But they they played hard, and mm-hmm. and even like their, their point differential thing is a little weird because. There were games where they got murdered by by some teams, but then there's the, you know, the the two point loss to the Ravens that probably should have been a win. There was a two point loss to the Vikings that could have been a win where they mm-hmm. gave up a field goal at the end. Um, they got crushed by Philadelphia by 38. They got beat by the Rams by nine. That was a game they covered. Uh, they tied the Steelers. They lost to Cleveland by three. Right, that was with mm-hmm. with Nick Boy or Tim Boyle, uh, at, and they lost to the Bears by two on Thanksgiving. Um, they just they they played hard. And also the Falcons by four. The Falcons beat every crappy team in the league this year by one score and got crushed by every other team. Um, to me, I think this is a team – like these are teams you want to be out ahead of because, you know, we, we talked to you about the L.A. Chargers at 4-1 to one to win the AFC West. Now it's plus 225 or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Like you want to get out ahead of these things and get good numbers. So if it does happen that you have these bets in December, you can make bets where you always win. Like that, you know, like if you have, if you get on the right side of these, you're making wagers where you can't lose. Big fan of that. Um, okay, on the flip side of things, um, the the Packers have a, a bunch of schedule um, disadvantages from a rest perspective. They also have a bunch of question marks, and I'm curious. You know, we have them at ten point nine wins on average and their win total uh is 10 and a half i believe let me check it is uh, sorry 11 even money on uh, both sides minus 110 on both sides how do you feel about the packers because i am tempted even though i love our friend aaron Nagler, and aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback but no Devonte adams no more nathaniel hackett i know they they're getting jerry alexander back they're getting david bakhtiari back but they're losing the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. Under, over 11. I am tempted to go under. Yeah, it's 10.5 in other places. Um, like I, I have the same opinion of the Packers than I do of the Chiefs, which is this is a team that took a course correction this offseason, and I would not bet either team in, in any minus 110 situation. Mm-hmm. Meaning... Like, well, look, we make the Packers odds to win the Super Bowl plus eight eight ninety four. In DraftKings, you can get ten to one. So they're you know ten to one is nine percent. So you're getting a one point one percent edge there. Mm-hmm. So it's not huge, but it is positive EV to bet the Packers win the Super Bowl. I think that that is that's where you want to bet a team like the Packers, where this is a team that's won thirteen games three three straight years. They're a team that. They did that in a very, like, I think of them as like the Oakland A's, you know, early in the 2000s, where there was a tried and true method to beat up on teams that you're better than, and then you get to the playoffs, and you're just missing out on some of the ingredients that that, that Super Bowl winning teams have. Namely for them, it was their secondary receivers' health and the way that they fit in that offense. Like, Mark Wesvaldis-Scantling was not healthy last year. Also, Aaron Rodgers didn't like throwing it to him. Like clearly, and and in the in the NFC Championship game, it was they didn't have a third target. MVS was great in the in the Bucks game, and they didn't have you know a sort of a secondary target. The Packers this year went out and got Romeo, and now it's Romeo Dubs. I, I, I listened to the comments, Romeo Dubs, and then it was also you know Christian Watson. Christian Watson was worth six tenths of a win above average in the FCS, which correlates to about an eighth of a win in the FBS. So he's a good college football player, even if you adjust for FCS. 
It's going to take time for them, though. It's going to take time for them in the same way that it's going to take time for Kansas City to acclimate to not having Hill. Mm -hmm. So, to me, if they lose a few games in the first part of the season, it's going to be kind of like how New England always was. They go 2-2, and they lose to Detroit. I remember you remember that game. Mm -hmm. They lose to Jacksonville. They, you know... So I'm not betting the Packers over 11. I don't think I'm going under, but I will bet the fat tail of them figuring it out and then them having like a deeper receiving core than they used to have and having a better defense. Like that defense, if it's healthy, Very in the good. playoffs, it's got the ingredients to win. So I like the Packers. And I, I, I have the Packers minus 160 to win the division. I found that when there was questions about Rodgers. I would not bet that anymore. But I would bet the Packers in a long – in a in a – in a plus money situation mm-hmm. like winning the NFC or winning the Super Bowl because if they figure it all out, they're a contender. If they don't, well, at least I didn't lay minus 110. I laid one to win eight and a half, right. nine. And, that, and that's kind of where my, my process is. I, I think that makes sense. Uh, another one that I thought was really interesting um, was the Denver Broncos. And, and actually thinking about the AFC West overall because we have, and it's by a hair, but we have Kansas City with 9.9 wins under double digits, which is the first time, I believe, in the history of our simulation that that has been yes. the case. But it, you know, there's a lot of reasons. You spoke to a few of them there around why this, that, that makes sense. And, of course, you have the strengthening of the Chargers and the Broncos, most notably, but also of the Raiders. That division increased uh, dramatically from a talent perspective, and most of the increase was from the other teams, not from yeah. the Chiefs, who um, you know lost Tyreek Hill this year. So it's interesting. You look at the Broncos. The Broncos we have at eight point nine wins. Their win total is at ten. Um, and what's interesting about the the Broncos as well, I believe the unders it is on DraftKings plus a hundred. This is another one where it's like the Broncos, where I would bet the fat tail of it. You know, I would bet them figuring it out, but I'm not going to bet them winning eleven games in this division this year with all the things that they're going to need to figure out. Yeah, th- this is this is one again like I we, I have the the simulation results in a list for you here in, in this doc and it goes by Super Bowl odds. Mm-hmm. And it and it's kind of funny that the Chiefs at 9.9 projected yeah. wins have better Super Bowl odds than the Bengals who are 10.1 wins and the and the Niners at 10. Point, Which is really just you hating on my Niners. But. Uh, sure, but like I think that the Niners like when you I, I think if you get into a playoff setting with Patrick Mahomes like your seed and your you know your standing prior to that is it's a lot more Markovian yeah, than if you, it's not going to matter nearly as much, right? Yeah, like whereas you know, and the Niners almost disproved this, but like one of the big reasons the Niners made the Super Bowl three years ago was they had the one seed, right? They get the Packers at home to crush them. They get the Vikings at home to crush them. They're 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 on their way. It was really Jimmy G's leadership, but sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they threw the ball eight times because they they had all the advantage, all that leadership. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you where, don't need to throw it when you're just leading your team. Whereas I think like there's a real chance that Kansas City's playing in Indianapolis as the four or five game this in January. Like they they might not win the division and and I and I would be honest with you I don't I don't I don't want to bet them to win the division I don't want to bet them over I, the only bets that I would make and I haven't because I think that the market is weight the the betting market I talked about this when Ben was on uh, the show last week but I think the markets if anything are giving the Chiefs too much credit like they're, they're third in Super Bowl odds right now in the marketplace tied with Green Bay and there's a lot of question marks about them. You know, we make them more like 13 to 1. The markets have them at 10 to 1. Like, I, I wouldn't make bets on the Chiefs. I don't know which of these AFC West teams I need to make bets on, though, because everybody for the 100th straight year is buying into the Chargers, right? And they're, they're all the way down to like, nine, you know, 9 to 4 or whatever to be, mm-hmm. you know, the AFC West champions. To me, if I'm going with the team as a sort of more of a long shot, it, it would be Denver. What but are they at to win the division? I think it's plus two seventy five or so. I, you know, it, what, they were the favorite, the second favorite over L A, and yep. then everybody just bet L A. But the, and we remember talked about that. Remember, I yeah. was like, hey, I would bet the Chargers right now. I want to say they were plus two seventy five. Maybe yeah. it was even they were plus. I have them at four to one. I think you know. I think that this is you know just a really big overreaction to where you know things stand now. The Chiefs are at plus one seventy five. Chargers at plus plus two twenty five. Denver is at plus two fifty. Raiders are at thirteen to two plus six fifty. I, I 
it's probably the Raiders that are the best bet right now, to be honest with you, just because they have a better than this chance. Um, I don't think I'd bet it because I just think the Raiders are one of those teams that's a little overrated based upon, you know, score differential and, and, you know, and I think when people look at them, they think about last year, they say, you know, Derek Carr did really well despite John Gruden leaving. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't actually look and say, well, a couple of those early season wins were because of how well Derek Carr meshed with John Gruden. You look at Derek Carr's statistics since John Gruden took over, and he kept getting better. Yep. And, and you know, offense. they go and they beat the Ravens in week one. They go on the road and beat the Steelers in week two, a very good defense. You know, those wins are part of the reason they made the playoffs. Um down the stretch, they got worse for sure, and and Rich Bisaccia did a good job with culture and all that stuff. But like ultimately, their offense atrophied. You add Adams into the mix, that's great. You add McDaniel. I think everybody's pricing in a coaching upgrade, and I agree that you're pricing in a coaching upgrade in the second half of the season. But they weren't good in the second yeah, half of the yeah, season. The they they beat a Colts team that was COVID stricken and Carson Wentz stricken. And then they beat a Chargers team, let's be honest, who always figure out a way to lose those kind of games. So I, I again, with the Raiders, and, and I'm concerned about this because the Raiders next year, even if you count their 2022 draft picks, have, have just 38 players under contract. They're $24 million under, which effective cap space puts you over. This is their, their window is 2022. They've built it explicitly for this year. Yeah. And... I don't and like did you build it explicitly this year to be 13 to 2 to win the AFC West? I'm yeah. a little concerned about them long term. It the Broncos won to me it's can Russell Wilson avoid what Aaron Rodgers had, which was Aaron Rodgers in year 1 under the floor. They had a great record, but Rodgers was not playing tip-top football. He 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 took that step in 2020. Um, and a lot of that was due to time to throw and, and being in rhythm and stuff. If Wilson can do what Rodgers did in 20 and not what Rodgers did in, in 19, I think the, the Broncos have a chance to win that division. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, before we get, I want you to go through any other win totals that you like after rerunning the simulations. But right now you can get 25% off any PFS subscription using the promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. What you get with that subscription is every single piece of PFF's article content unlocked for you. Fantasy football rankings and projections that you will need to dominate your league. Data and grades for the entire 21 season and for the upcoming 2022 season. Go to PFF.com right now. You can use all the tools that we use to talk about football on this podcast and impress our friends and our significant others. They really think this is impressive as well. Um, So get the total package at PFF.com, 25% off, PFF.com. Okay. Uh, any other win totals that stick out to you right now? Uh, I mean, you know, we're going to we're ingratiate Jets fans a little bit. We make the Jets at 6.3 wins. They're at 5.5. Uh, we give the Jets a 13% chance to make the play, 13.6% chance to make the playoffs, which uh, if, if you're scoring at home, that's like, a, you, know, f- you know, 14, 15 to 1 or so. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, so when you look at the the Jets, you know, to make the playoffs, you know, on DraftKings, you're looking at seven to one. So seven to one, you basically need twelve point five percent to to yeah. make it. So there is some edge there. It's not huge, but if you're a Jets fan, knock yourselves out um, with that one. Uh, it's endorsed by the P- the first thing the Jets have done. PFF endorsed. Um, I hang a banner. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, a couple that I like. Um, and maybe maybe you can um, you know you can back me off this because talk you off the ledge. Yeah, <sighs> give it to me. I I think when you look at I think Washington has a chance to go over eight. That's one that I wow. that wow. I've been a fan of. How the Raiders, have turned. Raiders under eight and a half is big for me. It's plus one hundred. We have it at eight point one wins. Um, that one's a big one. Uh, you know. I don't want to fade the Chargers, but Chargers under ten plus one and a half, plus mm-hmm. one point, uh, plus one oh five is is a good one as well. Um, I also think when you look at the New York Giants, New York Giants win total seven overs minus one thirty. Um, you know that is you know we've been talking about this before. We have it at eight point three. I, I think that here's here's an, an aspect that people need to hear. Everybody knew that the Giants had the fifth and seventh pick in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So like the draft. 
should not move the market because, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal are not that much different of impacts than the Giants would have gotten at pick five and seven unless it's quarterback. So that that's why the markets don't move that much in the draft because everybody in their grandma yeah, knows. Knew that. Everybody knew. But, you know, when I think about the Giants, I think about, and this is why I like Saquon Barkley, comeback player of the year as well. Mm. You have Neal, you have Andrew Thomas, two, first, two top ten linemen. Jones is a better player than he has been given credit for. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony, I'm sorry, will not be playing for the Giants this year. I, I bet he will. I, I, I don't so? think I don't think they've made the move yet. You have Barkley, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I know they had to get rid of Bradbury, but you have Adoree Jackson, you have uh, Xavier McKinney, the uh, safety from Alabama. Uh, Blake Martinez is a good lineman and the, or linebacker, and then on the defensive line, you got Thibodeau. Aziz Ozolari, who had eight sacks last year as a rookie. You have Dexter Lawrence, a former top 20 pick, and Leonard Williams, a former top three pick. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in, the, in a crappy division, right? Like, if you're looking for – if you don't buy the Giants' hype – or, sorry, you don't buy the Eagles' hype, the Giants or the, or the Commanders might be yep. a team to buy into, depending upon what your, what your thought is. I also think – and this cannot be underscored – Jason Garrett and Joe Judge were really bad. It wasn't like, good. Like, like just even getting to average with with at the coaching position yeah, is going to give this team an advantage that, that is going to be outsized. I agree. I love the Giants. We have them at eight point four wins, uh, win total seven and a half. I like that a lot. Interestingly, another big discrepancy that we have in our model is we have the Cardinals at nine point four. Now their win total, I believe, is heavily juiced. I think it's like minus one fifty to the over of eight and a half. That one's interesting to me. Um, I don't think I'm going to bet it because I'm with you on just they were they're not going to they're just not that good <laughs> and they don't have DeAndre Hopkins here so I'm not betting that one. Um, here's one that I'm interested because in, we have been proponents of the Ravens to win the AFC North. Yeah, their win totals at nine and a half under is plus a hundred. We have them winning eight and a half games. Yeah, and if you look at DraftKings, it's plus 120. And I know there's to the under 9.5. And, and I think there's a lot of sharp people. Our, our friend Rob Pizzola has been on this train. I know we at times have advocated for the Ravens. Um, and, and so I, this is more of like this is not a numerical thing for me. Like Lamar Jackson has always performed a little bit worse in our metrics than I think that, that he should. And I think it's because he's a singular figure in the, run, in the quarterback realm. It's really hard to, to – well, for one, the run game doesn't generally matter that much, and it's not good to be good at running. It's better to be good at running than it is to be bad at running, but it doesn't matter that much. And so like when somebody like Lamar hits the scene, A, we distribute all of his value throughout the offensive line because that's what we do for a running back. And then I think like his contributions as a runner are always a little bit shrunken right in the marketplace. Like I don't think that that's necessarily warranted. That being said – that offense has gotten worse every single year since he had the pop-up year in 2019. So maybe, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not a directional issue. It's a magnitude issue. I, I feel similarly about the Ravens that I do about the Packers and how I do about the Chiefs, which is you drafted a lot of players. A lot of players have to come in and make contributions. If they all do, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. If they don't, then you're still up against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the rest of the teams in the AFC, even Pittsburgh, who beat you twice last year. So I don't know if I bet under on the Ravens, but I will not bet over on anything minus 110 on the Ravens. I'll bet division at plus 225. I'll bet Super Bowl at what they're at. I'll bet Lamar Jackson MVP, which I've already placed. Um those are the ways to bet the Ravens, in my opinion. I don't think just betting them over the win total because there's so many tail things that can go wrong with that team, especially if you're laying minus 140. Mm-hmm. It's Lamar is injured. It's the offensive line doesn't gel. It's the – I mean, look, they're top four players. So one of the reasons you want to buy into them is their top four players in salary cap hit all missed half the year last year. But the other reason to buy into them is, like, there are some teams that consistently get injured. And like, and I'm not saying the Ravens are one of them, I'm, but I'm open to the fact that it could be them. Mm-hmm. I'm open to the fact that Ronnie Stanley missing two straight years is maybe going to increase the likelihood he misses another year. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, need to see Marcus Peters respond. I need to see J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and everybody else respond. I need to see, uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey respond. I need to see Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton play well together. Like, there's a lot of questions. If all those hit, I want that payout instead of being minus one, you know, one forty to win one hundred. Yeah, yeah. I want that payoff to be twenty to one. Yes, I'm with you. All right. Um... I don't have a lot of good news for airplane travelers looking to sleep on a plane, unfortunately. I brought those two pillows. One was this infinity pillow. It's like this long snake-like circle thing that you turn into an infinity figure and you like wrap it around your head like a scarf. There it is on the screen. Love. I tried this exact um, uh, con- contraption or not contraption, configuration is the word I'm looking for. Um, it's not terrible. Like it's not terrible. Here's what I came away with. This guy looks way too happy sleeping. Okay, he ain't that comfortable sleeping. First off, he's also wearing a suit and tie, like an idiot, uh, and trying to sleep at the same time. This was not me on the plane. Okay, um, it was better than the normal, just like you know, sofa-looking thing that you mm-hmm. wrap around your neck. It was better than that. It was cool. It, it not in the way it looked, but it wasn't like it didn't heat up, mm-hmm. which was important. Um, but it. Uh, I had an overnight flight, a nine-hour flight, um, red-eye, and I slept for maybe 60 minutes. Maybe 60 minutes. Um, The other one, which was like the neck brace. So I tried them in combination with one another. The like neck brace, which is by a company I think called Turtle with no vowels or something like that, T-R-T-L. It was was, warm. It heated up pretty quickly, and it wasn't super comfortable. So the the moral of the story is, for me at least, you're either laying down, yeah, yeah, and you can sleep, or you're probably not going to sleep, and it doesn't really matter what you do from a, uh, you know, contraption around it's your so, head perspective. It's so toxic, isn't it? Like, I, I I just I went to Budapest about a month ago for my sister's wedding, and like. And I tried to like work a couple days, like I, you know, and I and I wanted to make sure I was still getting some tasks done because I scheduled it last minute or whatever. And I remember just sitting in the airplane. I'm like, okay, like I'm not because like the only because I and I'm a big guy. Like I'm long levered. Let's just say, got a long neck. Yeah. And so if I'm sleeping, sitting straight up, and my thing bobs, I'm it's it's just over for me, right? Like yeah, you're and and, and you're not and and I'm. Look, I, I love you, Josh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lean all the way the hell back into my, the person behind me. Oh, you're not because when somebody does that to me, I shove my big fat knee oh, into his this. back. Yeah, this is the one. This, I if I, so, let me be clear. If you're buying one of them, get the Infinity one. It's the best one that I've seen thus yeah, yeah. far. And if you do get something that reclines a little bit, that just sounds like Ryan Howard Dunder Mifflin Infinity. <laughs> Uh, is making no, something no, for... If you can get a seat that reclines a little bit, you you can be at least moderately more comfortable. Do not buy that. Yeah. What is that on the left? Oh, my God. Yeah, that... Oh, that's like... What? That's like something out of like Star Wars or Star Trek, isn't it? Like, I mean, it, I'm showing my ass as far as not knowing. This that. is incredible. By the way, come at us if you want to. Uh, how can I just ask for a second? Show. How uncomfortable does that look? If you're wearing it in, if you're wearing it in the airport, I mean, so the, so, wow. So here's a question for you: When you had the long layovers, I know you've yeah. been overseas a few times. So when I when I came back from from Budapest, I had like a five hour layover in Paris, and I found a like, and I I'm, the worst I'm, airport on earth. I'm by the shameless, way. by the way, but I. I walk like halfway through. I find this like. How lost did you get in that airport? No, I didn't get lost. Oh. By the way, good good for me. But like, there was this um, this like big round couch thing that was supposed to be for like five people. Uh-huh. And of course, I lay myself. I, I fall asleep on that thing for four hours. Wow. Now, the the question is, and you live to tell about it. So the question is, like, how do you make sure no one steals something from you in the airport? In the airport. Do you like do you cuddle with your bag? Okay. Do you do you do you put like I, I let me put, tell you let me tell I you what you need my, to do. I put my wallet travel, like, next to my okay. I put my wallet like as close to somewhere that will have sensitivity if somebody tries to take it. What you need to do if you are if you actually travel a decent amount and you have layovers is you have to get a credit card that gives you access to the lounges. Right. That is the way to go. Um, 
I don't think I fly, and but I, I'm it's getting there. I mean, I, for that one flight, like it can actually yeah. make sense for you to get a credit card just because you can get them, you yeah, can yeah. meet the minimum like spend for the first yeah, few yeah, months yeah. with that one flight, right, and then right, right. get access. Well, I know uh, when we went to Vegas the first time, you know, and, and our layover was like, or our, our flight was delayed like nine hours. It was yeah. it was a it was a godsend for sure. Yes. And they have the buffet, and the, oh I mean, yeah, you're you're living in the lap luxury. And that way you don't have to worry because, like, I know they have cameras there. I What I do is I walk in the lounge. I put my stuff down somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then I go for a tour. I look at the food. Yeah, right, right, I right. go wash my hands. I, you know, I go to the bathroom. I come back. I'm not worried about anything. We've um, only lost 10 viewers during this discussion. I'm shocked. I feel like, I feel like it's really good. They, uh, they, by the way, the only good thing about the Charles de Gaulle uh, airport in Paris, a nightmare of an airport. Absolute disaster. What about in an the ceiling, though? Ceiling's great. The ceiling's great. The ceiling's great. It is a disaster in terms of trying to get anywhere. But the Air France Lounge, fantastic. Okay, okay. And they had good croissants. I was feeling so down on myself. Here's how depressed I was traveling back on this 24 hour flight after you know putting my girlfriend back on an aircraft carrier. I it was like 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I went and had a croissant. Wow. When I was there, that's how you the, know it the was. Starbucks line was way too depression. big. Yeah, like so for me. They it, just, by the way, they have like three thousand croissants. Right, right. This is the most French thing you've ever seen. The only thing that I'll say is like I just let when I do these things now, my my resolution is to just work until I actually for, am forced to fall asleep. Because mm. I think the only time I've ever slept on a plane was literally when there was no other option for me physically. You know, sit up straight or fall over and fall asleep. And if I'm asleep, that's fine, right? Like, see, but- I just do the thing where I close my eyes and sit there in agony. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. this is another incredible one. Um, this is our podcast. Ref- oh my god! <laughs> Imagine strapping this thing over the seat. Excuse me, person behind me. I need to tie my stupid chin strap. <laughs> that looks. She looks. She looks. Oh my god! These are also absurd. I mean, I'm not walking onto a plane with this. Have you ever thought so? Like, you don't have kids, but like the thank the, God. When whenever I like read. Oh, it, hold on, hold on. I have another rant. Okay, go. So Tyler uh, is behind the glass over here. Go back to the original, like the 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 general uh, airplane pillow, the one that everyone has. This is my big takeaway. Number of people that I saw in the airport with this disaster of a contraption just strapped to their bag, okay? Walking through an airport, germs everywhere. They've got it on their suitcase, which has been God knows where. They're treating this pillow like it's, like it's their luggage, and then they're just going to strap it around their neck and sleep on it? Anyways, it was disgusting, absolutely disgusting. This is our podcast now. We're reviewing ways to travel. Thank you guys for hanging out. We'll be back on Sunday evening where I will celebrate Tiger. 60 to 1 hitting. Can't wait. Peace out. Look at that. Look at that.